Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. Hey, I want to start a new series tonight called What Would Jesus Do? What Would Jesus Do? That's what I want uh, to, uh, to preach for the next three weeks. We're going to look at this topic of what would Jesus do? Um, if you're taking uh, notes on, on Twitter or Instagram for these next three weeks that I'm going to be sharing with you, you can hashtag WWJD, even CR to it, so you know it has some identity. And, um, and we're going to look at this. Are you excited? You're ready for the word? I'm super ready for this word tonight. Um, in the next three weeks, we're going to look at Jesus and his relationships with other people in the Bible. Uh, we're going to look at Jesus and his relationship with prostitutes. Uh, next week, I'm going to be talking about Jesus and the prostitute. Uh, the last week um, of October, the third week, I'm going to look at uh, Jesus and his relationship with the Pharisees. I'm going to look at Jesus and his relationship with enemies and frenemies. And uh, it's going to be interesting. But tonight, I want to just start this off on a good foundation, do some teaching, and, um, and we will be out in no time. I want to look at a topic tonight on how to handle promotion. How to handle promotion. The Bible says promotion comes from the Lord. And so I want us to look at how to handle promotion. Everybody is always saying, you know, uh, you'll be promoted. You'll be brought to this next level. You'll be brought there. You'll be brought there. But nobody teaches you how to act when you're there. Nobody teaches you how to act. I'm trying to behave myself tonight. Nobody teaches you how to act when you're there. Uh, you know, your gift, Pastor David, brings you to the room but your character keeps you in the room. And so there's one thing on having, uh, uh, having, having being promoted to one level, but there's another thing when, when it comes to receiving grace to handle that level. Nobody really talks about the grace that you need to handle that level. They talk about being elevated to that level. I'm going to come back to teaching, but I feel like prophesying to about 100 people in this room right now. I'm trying to be calm. i got to preach this weekend, but I want to prophesy to about 100 people in this room tonight that God won't just elevate you, but he's going to give you grace for your level. Amen. That's what you need. What you need right now, you need grace for your level. You need grace for the next level. You don't just need to be promoted to the next level. You need grace for the next level. Do you know why you need grace? Because there are enemies at the next level. The reason why you need grace for the next level is because your own self, your own character, your flaws, your weaknesses will get you out of the door that God opened for you if you don't have grace to stay there. And so you need grace for that level. Anybody, anybody need grace in this room? Shout it out and say, I need grace. I believe God is giving you grace. And you're going to have grace for the next level. You with me still? For these next couple weeks, we're going to look at the character of Jesus. What was his behavior and why? We're going to look at Jesus, the ultimate model, our, our savior, our king. What was his method? What was his behavior towards situations? And why did he behave that way? If you look at character, character can be defined easily as the mental or moral uh, qualities distinctive to an individual. So everybody has a specific type of character. That's why when you're with your friend and they're acting out of line, you can say that this man is acting out of character because you know that that's not their qualities that are distinctive to them as an individual. And so everybody has a specific type of character, has an individualistic, unique character to them that makes them, makes them so different, makes them so unique that you know when they're acting out of character. So we're looking at the character of Jesus so that by the end of this month, your character, your morals, everything within you will begin to align more 
to the things of Christ. Anybody with me tonight? It's going to align more to the things of Christ. I have a scripture that we're going to read tonight, a few scriptures. We're going to look at some things tonight, really interesting, and then we'll be out of here. Matthew 3, verses 13 to 17. Let's read that. Matthew 3, verses 13 to 17. The Bible says, then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it and said, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? Verses 15. But Jesus said, it should be done. Then pay attention to this next line. It says, for we must carry out all of what God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Verses 16 says this, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open. I prophesy and open heavens over your life. See, the heavens will open. The heavens will open over your life, over your finances. I said the heavens will open over your education. Let the, let the heavens open over your family. May the heavens open over your ideas, divine ideas. May the heavens open over even your thought of a future. May, your hev- may the heavens just, just be open. May it just bust open. Just be open. Let the heavens be open over your life. May you walk under an open heaven. My goodness. So it says this. It says, and and, then, and, and as, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. And setting on, uh, settling upon him. Then in verse 70 says, A voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Another version would say, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. I, I took a few things from here. This is not even uh, the main scripture from, for, for tonight, but it's going to be a passive scripture we're going to use to build a good story. Uh, if you look at this scripture really beautifully, church, um, Jesus is being baptized by his cousin. His cousin John the Baptist was in the wilderness and he was baptizing. And so Jesus understands and says, listen, for me to be commissioned into ministry, I have to be baptized by my cousin because everything has to be in order. Now, if you look at it, Jesus had been born for 30 years, for three years of ministry. So it means that he was under, as Pastor Mike Todd said last, uh, last week, that he was under before he came above over. So he was buried, but he was not, uh, or rather he was planted, but he was not buried. He was under, he was developing himself. Uh, he was, the Bible says that one time they went to Jerusalem and he found him inside of the tabernacle at 12 years old, spitting out knowledge and wisdom. And that's where the scripture would come and say, well, Jesus Christ grew in wisdom and in stature. So he was growing. He was growing from grace to grace, from age to age. He was growing. And then it gets to this point whereby he is to be promoted and ushered into his ministry. Now, the first thing that he's to do before he's ushered into his ministry is to submit his power to somebody lesser than him. You see, when it comes to your next level of appointment and promotion, understand that one of the greatest things that God looks for is humility. God looks to give grace to the humble. God looks to elevate those who are humble. What's a sign of humility? Your ability to put your power under control and under somebody so that God can lift you. If you look at this, um, um, uh, if you look at it in verse, it says in 1 Peter verses 5, 5 to 6, it says that God gives grace to the humble. Um, and, and, and you have to understand that when it comes to grace and it comes to humility, uh, individuals uh, who are graced are often raised and promoted. First Peter verses 5, 5 to 6 says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Can you put me there? Let's, let's read that. Uh, let's read this uh, over here from, um, from the top. One, two, three, go. We got 50% participation. Let's try again. One, two, three, and go. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. We got 50% participation. Let's try again. One, two, three, and go. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. 
Yeah. 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 Okay. That's beautiful. Go to verse six and read it. One, two, three. Go. What did it say right here? And at the right what? And at the right what? Then it says what? He will what? So when it comes to promotion, promotion has to do with lifting. But lifting only comes when you have grace. But grace only comes when you are humble. And so when you look at it, it's in four steps. It's firstly humility. Someone say humility. After humility, it's grace. Shout grace. After grace is time. <laughs> oh yeah, you can say that. After grace is time. Say time. time. And after time, you are promoted. Say promotion. promotion. So you are first have to be found humble. Now, humility is one of the most powerful spiritual exercises. Because it says that I know how to do it, but I'm submitting myself under somebody who may even have not the same measure of grace than I do. But I'm submitting myself under somebody so that my head won't swell. And so I take the power that I have and I put it under subjection. So Jesus says, I should be actually be baptizing my cousin John. But because everything has to be done in order and I have to show forth the humility so that I can receive grace, so the heavens can open, so that I can be promoted, I will allow somebody who was just his assignment was to prepare the way, I will allow him to baptize me. And back in the days, it, you couldn't allow somebody who was of a higher stature to baptize, uh, to baptize you. You were actually able, you had to baptize them. But the Bible says Jesus Christ said, looked at it and said, listen, I have to follow all divine protocol. So what does he do? He says that I'm going to allow myself to be baptized. So once he's baptized, it's a sign of humility. After humility comes grace. After grace comes time. And after time comes what? Promotion. Let's say it after me once more. Say humility. Then say grace, time, and promotion. I prophesy you'll be promoted. But listen to this. You'll be promoted in due season. A premature promotion will lead to death in that place. If you're promoted prematurely, you will die in the seat of honor. Because you don't have the capacity to handle where God was trying to place you and where God is trying to bring you. So many of us are crying out saying, God, promote me. God, bring me to that place. Jesus Christ was there for 30 years and waited for his cousin so that his cousin could baptize him so that he can enter into ministry. Some of us are wanting to go and do great things for God at such an early stage, but there's such a thing called time. We don't like this word. The Pastor Mike said last week, we don't like this type of word, but I've come to today to buttress the word again. That we don't like the waiting season. We don't like the time part of it. But what did Jesus do? He waited. He waited for 30 years so that he could be baptized with somebody that was deemed lesser than him. So that when that he can be now ushered into ministry. So your promotion will come, but the promotion will come in due season. Some of us are in this room tonight, and where we are in our walk with God is that, yes, we've proven to be humble in spirit. Yes, we've taken in, and God has given us grace. Grace we didn't have to work for. Grace we didn't have to do anything for. Simply just because of the fact that we were humble in our spirit, God just gave us grace. He grants grace to those who are humble. And humility is not just being quiet and meek. You can have somebody who's very quiet but very proud. You can have somebody who's very outgoing but very humble. Humility has nothing to do with your volume of speech and how loud you are. 
Humility is a spiritual thing from the inside. You can tell when somebody is just so broken before God. But being broken before God doesn't mean that in the presence of man that you are shy and meek. No. It's a thing that is entered into that church that needs to be dispelled. Just because you are outgoing doesn't mean you are proud. And just because you're quiet doesn't mean you are humble. But I pray tonight that God will grant you grace and God will grant you the ability to posture your heart towards humility even the more. I pray that for you so that you can receive the grace that you need. You're still with me tonight? You sure you're still with me? Matthew 4 verses 1. We're just going to go to the next chapter right after this. So you see this whole thing. I'm, kind of, I'm painting a story for you. So you see Jesus Christ waited 30 years. He's baptized. Now he's ushered into ministry. So he waits to be baptized for somebody that's lesser than him, deemed, deemed lesser in grace than him. Then from there, he's granted time from time promotion. So now he's promoted. The first assignment after promotion is a test. One, two, three, go. Let's read it. Go. Are you kidding me? So you're going to tell me that you've just promoted me to another level. I've waited. I've gotten grace from grace. I've waited from grace and waiting. I've been promoted. And after I've been promoted, the first thing that you encounter after you're promoted is a test. You will be tempted. You will be tempted. We're all at different levels here tonight. Some of us are at the level where it's like, listen, I've been praying. I've been talking to God. I've been trying to get close to him. I've been humbling myself before him and I've received grace. Now it's the waiting period before I'm promoted. Some of us are like, I've been promoted and promotion doesn't, doesn't, just doesn't have to be in the church, but promotion can be on the job. It can be in your walk with God. It can be in the classroom. It can be in your family. So some of us are now at the point whereby we've been promoted. Now, right after promotion comes this test of temptation. And if you read it even in the NKGV, then it says, Then Jesus Christ, full of the Spirit, was then led into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. So being full of the Spirit of God and having a walk with God that is, that is so-called on point or a deep walk with God doesn't exempt you from temptation. Many people think that the moment you get closer to God, is the moment that all your temptations just vanish. Like, I don't know where they think it goes. Like, temptation, you, you just don't, you just, you just, nothing, you just, there's no temptation no more. No. For a matter of fact, the, the, the more you're filled with the Spirit, the harder the battle becomes. Do I have any witness here tonight? The more the battle becomes, can I be real with you tonight? I, I, I wish we could all just take off our masks and be real for like, can we be real for like five minutes? The moment you get filled with the Spirit, you gave your life to Christ. The moment you gave your life to Christ, the moment you got serious with God is the moment that guy that you've been trying to get his attention finally notices you. You're like, how? I'm the same person wearing the same clothes with the same makeup, with the same hairstyle, with the same everything, but different insides. Because you've been emptied of your desires and filled with the desires of Christ. So now you are breathing and walking. You are, you are scented with the Spirit of God. And if you didn't know, the moment you are scented and you're filled with the Spirit of God, automatically the devil sends agents. Let me drill it. Let me take it out. I, they can't be that anointed. Let me, let me bring them down a few notches. Let me get them to that level. And just as I'm on this point, the devil will not bring something that is unfamiliar to you. The devil uses familiar ways to drill the oil out of you. 
he knows that if he takes unfamiliar ways, you already know what's bad is bad. You don't want it. So he brings things that you do want in the package that you would expect so that it would drain you from the oil to stay in the seat that God is promoting you to. I'm trying to teach you on how to handle promotion. How to handle promotion. Everybody wants to be promoted, but nobody knows how to handle promotion. We don't know how to handle elevation. We're in church screaming, God, elevate me. God, elevate me. God, take me to the next level. The moment you get to the next level, why does it feel that the moment you are at the next level, it feels like nothing changed, like you were at the same old level? It's because when you get to a new level, things about your nature need to also adapt and change to that level. Your thinking must adjust. Your reasoning must adjust. Your giving must change. Everything about you must change the moment you get to this next level that is a promoted level. And so we need to pay very close attention as young people, as a generation, as we're getting this. So it says that after this in in Matthew 4 verses 1, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And it says this, for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and he became very hungry. Somebody say very hungry. One more time. Say very hungry. He says he fasted, he prayed, and he became very hungry. I have a question for you. What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? Is it lust, acceptance, validation, acknowledgement, affirmation? Our souls are all, and our flesh is also hungry for things in as much as our spirit is hungry for things. And so in as much as your spirit desires the the things of God, the things of Christ, so does your flesh desire the things of the flesh. And so what are you hungry for? What, 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 What keeps you up at night? What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? Tap your neighbor and say, what are you hungry for? Tap your other neighbor and say, what are you hungry for? <laughs> some of you guys are getting some answers you never thought you'd get. Like, what? What? Burger King right now? Really? In the middle of the sermon? You're thinking about Pizza Hut tonight. Like, it's closed. It's closed. It's not open. Pizza. Just Pizza Pizza is open. Nothing else is open tonight. <laughs> maybe, the, maybe the McDonald's on Bronson is open. So... <laughs> After denying the flesh, I'm going to wrap up just now, but after denying the flesh, Jesus Christ, he takes this, and I'm, not going to, I'm just going to paraphrase this and get to our main text, but he fasts for 40 days, he fasts for 40 nights, he's hungry, the devil comes and says, tearing this stone into bread, you know the story, he brings him on a high mountain, he says, listen, I'll give you all these things if you throw yourself, if you do all the stuff, and Jesus begins to give him these answers that are word-based, and he fights his battle from a position of the word. He begins to fight his battles from, the, from a position of the word. Being drenched in the word is his position. And he begins to fight from that position. And he says, listen, I will not do this. I will not defile myself. I will not do this because what it is written. So we have to learn to fight our battles as young people because we're looking at what, what was Jesus' model in handling things in affairs of man and affairs of flesh. What was his model? His model was to type, well not type, his model was to, was to tell the devil for it is written. It was to fight from a position of the word. If you're taking notes, write that down. To be able to combat, combat the things of, of, of darkness, the things of the enemy, is our ability to know what is first written in the word and then begin to fight from a perspective of the word. Fight from a perspective of the word. And so after Jesus goes over all of these temptations, after he gets after, after, he gets after you know, this, this wilderness experience, because you, you will go into the wilderness. The moment you are promoted, there is a wilderness uh, section, and it says go into this wilderness for a few minutes. 
you will go into a dark phase when you are promoted before things begin to flourish. And after he does all these, then he's ushered into ministry. I have three observations for you um, about promotion. And then we'll look at what Jesus did at a promoted place or in a promoted place. You're with me? You ready to go? Cool. So the first thing you want to write down is this, that every promotion calls for a test. You will be tempted in the area of your weakness. Write this. The easiest way to be demoted is to grow roots in a weakness you should be overcoming. The easiest way to be demoted is to grow roots in a weakness that you should be overcoming. So you should be overcoming this weakness, but instead of overcoming it, you're getting comfortable in it. So because you're getting comfortable in your weakness, there's no fight in you to abstain from it. So because you're no longer abstaining from the weakness, there's no difference between you and the weakness. So now when we see you, we don't just see strength, but we see weakness. Because everything that's in the darkness will come to the light. So what does that mean? That means that even though you may think nobody sees you, the way your eyes begin to go will tell that you've been watching something you're not supposed to watch. The way your hands begin to move, the way your, your heart begins to beat, the way, you, the way you are, it can't hide. It can't hide. Because you've grown roots in a place that you're supposed to be uprooting. I pray grace for everybody in this place tonight. Receive grace. Receive grace. Receive grace. The second thing, the second observation about promotion is this. When you are promoted, people will try to refer to you as the old version of you. Oh, don't act like it hasn't happened to you. People will always try to refer to you as the old version of you the moment that you are promoted. I want to teach you on how to handle promotion. People will begin to refer to you as the old version of you. But, but watch this. That's all right. As long as you don't refer to you as the old version of you. Because that's, that's where the problem is. Because it's in our minds. So if in our minds we have the ability to be able to look at ourselves as what God has created us for, for this time and for this space, then that's all right. Don't worry. People will begin to adjust as you begin to manifest the gift at that level. As, as you be, my brother asked me an interesting question the other day. He's like, he's like, man, four years ago, he's like, you know, nobody was calling you pastor four years ago. He's like, you were, just, you were just chilling. You were just, you know, and everything was cool. So how did you get to this point whereby it's like people who don't even know you are like, oh, that's a man of God. I said, listen, I didn't do anything. Nothing about me changed. All, all that changed was that as, as each year went by, the gift in me began to manifest more that it gave people no option to be like, oh, he's, it's a man of God. And so when it comes to your life individually, don't worry about if people don't give you the affirmation because you've entered into a new level. Your manifestation will give them no choice. Your manifestation will give them no choice but to refer to you as at the level that you are manifesting from. So if you have gone to a level whereby you're like, I'm at this level right now of promotion and nobody is even recognizing that I'm, I'm at this new level. It's a new me, new level. Everything is different about me. How come they can't see it in me? It's because you are not manifesting enough to give them no choice but to look at it and say, whoa. Are you with me? 
So don't, don't get upset. Don't get angry. Don't get angry. Just continue to push forward and plow forward. Third thing I'm giving you about promotion. When promoted, there will be people who don't notice your gift. There will be people who won't notice your anointing or your grace and would even be tempted to kill your gift because they can't see it manifesting. And the reason why they want to kill your gift is because of their own insecurity and the thought of you ever having to manifest it. Now watch this. Never let someone's insecurity be the reason why you don't manifest your calling. Just because they don't know who they are doesn't mean you have to put yourself down because you know who you are. Okay. I'm talking to some, like maybe 10 people in this room tonight. Maybe 10. Maybe 10. Just because they don't know who they are doesn't mean you have to put yourself down for who God has created you to be. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. God's hands upon your life. You have oil that drips from your head to your toes. God has anointed you and called you for a purpose. Nobody should be able to punch you and put you in a position where you, you, you feel so down. You feel so devalued because they don't know who they are. That shouldn't stop you from manifesting. Listen, keep manifesting. Keep operating at that high level. Keep operating at that level of excellence. Keep doing what you're doing. There will be a time where God will bring, make sure everything falls right into place. I prophesy that over your life, that you will never be too late or too early, that everything that happens in your life will manifest for its reason and in its time and for its purpose. When you look at John 11, I'm wrapping up here. When you look at John 11, we find Jesus at a, at, a, at a promoted place in ministry. We find him at a promoted place in ministry. And we're going to see what Jesus did at this promoted place. And then we're going to come to a conclusion tonight. I'll speak over your lives. The Bible says in John 11, verses 1, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and, the, and, and her sister Martha. It says this, So... The sisters sent word to Jesus, said, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Verses 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed there. He, rather, he stayed where he was for an extra two days. And then he said to his disciples after two days, let's go back to Judea. Now, this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I've preached it many times. I've preached it from different perspectives. Pastor David, this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The Bible is saying, the man that you love, your best friend is dying. Your best friend is, is, about to, is, is basically dead. He's dying. You get word that he's dying. And instead of rushing, you're staying. Now, I've, I've tried to bring this scripture from so many angles to try to understand it. And there's only one angle that God would have me understand this scripture from. Is that at a promoted place, if you look at it, sell it, he had been, God, Jesus had been doing so many miracles. I mean, he just fed the 5,000. He just healed a blind man who had been blind from birth. He just did so many things. He'd been healing. He'd been doing so many crazy miracles. He'd been doing so many different things. And after all of this, he gets to the point whereby his best friend is dying. So he's at a promoted place in ministry. And the one thing that he's encountering at this promoted place is pressure. What do you do when you're promoted 
but being pressured. He's promoted and he finds pressure. And a lot of us, the reason why we can handle promotion is because we can't handle pressure. <laughs> oh, you can clap. You can clap. You want to clap. No, I, I want to teach you so you get this tonight. We can shout on screen, but I want to teach you so you understand. The reason why many of us can't handle promotion, everybody wants to be promoted. It's like, listen, I want to be the next this. I want to be the next that. I want to be the next, the next, the next. Can you handle the office of next? Can you handle the pressures of next? Can you handle the attacks of next? Can you handle the demons of next? Can you handle the slander and the libel of next? Can you handle the gossip of next? Can you manage the relationships of next? It, everybody wants next, but nobody knows how to handle. What's the grace for? How do we do it? How do we get there and how do we stay there? Because many people have gotten into the door, but many people have also taken themselves out of the door. How do you get in? And by God's grace, by the end of this series, we're going to find out what Jesus did to stay in the position that he was in. So that you are not being taken out of purpose and taken out of promotion, but you will be promoted from one level to the next level, to the next level, to the next level, to the next level. Because I see future presidents here. I see bank CEOs here. I see people who will shift things in government here. I see people who will make so many changes in policy that books will be written after you. I see people in this room with a potential potential to be even prime ministers and presidents of their countries i see people in this room with the anointing to change things in this world but the only way you will get there and stay there is if you know how to handle promotion the bible says promotion is from above is from the lord but nobody talks about the grace for promotion so what did jesus do let's find out please be seated Bible says he's promoted, he's getting pressure. What does he do? He finds and has patience. Promotion, pressure, but yet there is patience. As pressure's coming in, Jesus says, let me wait. Can you wait when you know you have the answer to solve? <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to wait when you have the power to solve? The answer is with you. But sometimes the problem needs to go from bad to very bad. So that God gets more glory. If Jesus would have gone in two days, he would have been sick. So if he was healed, they've seen him do it before, but they hadn't seen him raise somebody from the dead to life. And so he needed to let that situation die. God is keeping you from solving a situation because he needs to get more glory. It needs to become bad. It needs to become so terrible so that by the time you walk in with the answers, God receives glory and it doesn't just come from an okay answer, but it's an, a resurrected answer from something that could not be solved. But the wisdom you're bringing to that thing is a wisdom that shocks humanity. 
humanity. God hasn't ushered you into your new level of ministry. Hear this because he's waiting for problems in the world to get bad. He's waiting for situations in some cities where God is sending you to get so bad that by the time you arrive, it won't just come from an okay state to well, but it will come from a dead state to life. So God is hiding some of you. So in the two days, God is hiding you. And it's the hiding we can't understand. And that's what Pastor Mike was trying to say. It's the hiding we cannot take. It's the hiding. It's the waiting because we're so impatient. We're so impatient. I mean, I was watching a video in my room last night, and my, I know my room has like the, the most, it's my, my Wi-Fi is so bad in my room, like it's bad. It's like, because of where my room is, all right, cool, I'll bring you to my house. Where my room is, is like the furthest from the modem. So it's like everybody's room is close. Reggie's room has the modem inside it. <laughs> you know, my parents' room, is right beside Reggie's room, so the modem's right there. Prof's room is right beside Reggie's room, so it's all there. Ray's room is so close, so, but my room is the furthest in the whole house. So I'm, sometimes Pastor Ryan comes over and he's trying to watch something. He's like, why is this thing not loading? It's because I'm so far from the modem. Like, I'm so far away from the power source. Like, I'm just so far away from getting it. And sometimes I watched a movie last night, and I was watching something, and it took so long for it to load. I got so impatient. I was like, why is this thing taking so long? I turned on my data. I was like, I can't. I can't. Don't, you know you've done it. Why are you looking at me like that? With them? You, you did it here. Like you're trying to load something on Instagram. It's not like data. We have become so impatient for results. So impatient for results that we're getting results that are not healthy. We're seeing results that are not natural. Because we are skipping the seed and time before harvest. We're skipping the time before harvest. And so Jesus, what did Jesus do in the situation where he was promoted and under pressure? He had patience. He had patience. I want you to understand this. For this next week that's coming in for the rest of the year, I pray that God will give you patience to handle your situations, patience to handle your problems. I pray. I really pray. I prophesy in this room towards you. I know I ain't shouting and screaming today, but I prophesy towards you that God will give you patience to handle your situations, patience to handle your education, patience to handle your, your problems, to your relationships, every aspect of your life. May God give you the grace to wait. You need grace to wait. So Jesus waited. Jesus waited. What did he do when he was promoted and pressured? He waited. And once the situation got to a point where nobody at all could say that he could solve it, he then arrives on the scene. He arrives on the scene. They tell him, listen, if you had come earlier, they start trying to guilt trip him. If you, if, you, if you had released that earlier, I mean, if you, if, you, if you had written that book earlier, if you had come to this situation earlier, if you had moved to this city earlier, if you had done this earlier, if you had done this earlier, then maybe, just maybe, this situation wouldn't have gotten so bad. Jesus says, listen, just take me to the tomb. Stop all this guilt trip and take me to the tomb. I know why I'm here. He gets to the tomb, and as he gets to the tomb, what does he do? He begins to thank Jesus. He begins to, he begins to thank God. He thanks his Father in heaven. He says, Father, thank you. 
after he thanks his father in heaven, he begins to look at the tomb and he says, Lazarus, come forth. He begins to now activate it by his voice and he calls forth the problem that was dead into life. And he says, listen, the reason why I couldn't do this earlier is because I wasn't waiting because yes, I know I've been promoted, but I know there was pressure. But I want my people at Campus Rush tonight to understand a principle that you must have patience for the pop. You must have patience to be seen. If we see you before you've been developed, you're like, you're like steak that's cooked outside, but in the inside's cold. You're like a patty. You know when the, the patty and the toaster? I hate that. You know what? I hate that. It's like it, it, it was toasted. And then you open, and it's cold. I, like, that's the, oh, oh, that's the worst. Yo, I had a patty the other day. It's the worst feeling when something looks so well done on the outside, but yet no substance on the inside. It's the worst thing when you have somebody who looks like you've been developed, but you didn't take the time to humble yourself to get grace for promotion. Hey! Ha! You don't have grace for promotion because promotion comes from humility. So you don't have humility. So because you're not humble, you don't have grace. And because you don't have grace, you can't wait. You don't have grace for to wait. And because you have not waited, you are not being promoted. So we're frustrated with the people and with situations and with the church and with our leaders because we have not been promoted. It's not because you have not been noticed, but it's because we realize in the spirit that you're on the inside. You still have not died to yourself. God has seen on the inside, you still are cold on the inside. God has seen on the inside that you may look well done to the world, but to him, you're still frozen. He needs your heart to come under subjection. He needs your heart to come under the knife. He needs to circumcise your heart. He needs to make sure that there's blood that comes out. Because if there's no blood, then you won't understand what Jesus felt on the altar. When he was on the cross and he died and blood came out. Anything that has to be sacrificed, there must be blood attached with it. It has to hurt for you to be promoted. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't clapping as good as I'm preaching tonight. I feel like you're not here. I wish I had a hundred people who are in this. I should take this message to New Jersey this weekend. I feel like the church I'm preaching at doesn't feel this message tonight. I ain't care. I'm still preaching anyways. There needs to be some substance. Jesus realized, you know, oh my gosh. Jesus said, listen, I know they want to kill me where Lazarus is. I know that it's so close to lands that want to kill me. They want me dead. They don't want me to be there. They want me dead. I know I'm not supposed to be there. But he said, listen, I will go there, but after two days. And I can tell you in those two days, there must have been some crying as well as some praying. There must have been some times where he was saying, listen, my brother, my best friend is dead. I have the power to solve it. God, my father, why are you not allowing me? And God is saying, son, It has to go to a position that is so bad that nobody will say that it's because Jesus came that it happened. 
Uh, he, he, I wanted to be in such a way where it's that uh, it was dead, but then the Jesus we knew is a different Jesus. He's now the Messiah because only the Messiah can raise somebody from dead to life. Only Jesus can do that. Only, only, the, only the son of the living God can do such a thing like that. Jesus, the carpenter's son, yes, we know he performs miracles. That boy's been doing miracles ever since he was baptized by John. We know he's been doing some crazy stuff, but Jesus as the son of God, as the Messiah, we, don't, we haven't seen him like that. So God wants to give you a name change and a promotion change, and he wants to change everything about you. In fact, even your clothing, he wants to change it. Even your level, even your speech, he wants to change it. He wants to change everything about you. But God is waiting for a situation to go get so bad that it can't be your own abilities that have solved it. Your own wisdom couldn't solve it. Your wit, your, your might, because it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by the so God is looking for spiritual beings and a spiritual act is humility. So when you humble yourself and you receive grace and you wait your due season, you will be promoted. Once you are promoted, there will be pressure, but have patience. Are you here tonight? Are you here tonight? Jump up on your feet. I'm about to pray for some people tonight and we'll go. God sent me here tonight to push out this word, to let you know what Jesus does when he's pressured. He has patience. Because there's a situation out there that needs to die first. There is problems out there that need to die. Listen, let me, let me give you three points. I've given you a lot of information tonight, but let me give you three points on how to handle promotion. I want to give you practical points how to handle promotion. Number one, find a mentor who has conquered an area where you struggle. Find a mentor who has conquered an area where you currently struggle in. Number one, that's how you handle promotion. Why? Because when you're promoted, your weaknesses will just reveal themselves. So you need somebody who will teach you on how to overcome those weaknesses. So as you are there in the door, as you are there at that promoted place, your mentor will teach you on how to kill those desires so that you can remain in the promoted place. Number two, keep your knees on the ground. Don't lose your heart for worship. Number two, that's how you handle promotion. Number three, don't let promotion change your character. Your gift may have brought you there, but your character is what will keep you there. Three things on how to handle promotion. How to handle promotion. That's how you handle promotion. Jesus Christ was pressured to. I don't think you understand this. I want to bring this so we get it. And I'm wrapping up here. The one that he loved, his road dog, his best friend, was dying. He has the power to resurrect, to heal. He's been doing miracles, healing, 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 healing. He's been doing so much healing ministry, healing, 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 healing. But nobody knew him as the resurrection. So he has the power to resurrect. But yet God has him in hiding. I wonder if there are people here tonight who know. No, God, you know I have the power to solve that problem at work. You know I have the answers. God, you have given me the grace to solve that issue in the family. You've given me that grace to solve that issue with my roommate. You've given me the grace to be able to solve it. But God has you hidden even though you have an answer. I want to pray for people here tonight who said, I'm hidden with answers. 
I'm hidden with answers. And now I just need grace to wait so that I can be revealed in my due season. Every head bowed, every eyes closed in this place. I just want to pray for you and that we'll be out tonight. I taught a lot tonight. I spoke about a lot of things. My next week will fly. But I want to pray for you tonight. If you're like, Pastor, I don't know what it is. I get all these ideas. I get all these crazy things. But it's like I'm in a place right now where nobody sees me. I know I can, I have, I can resurrect Lazarus if I'm released to go. But I haven't received the release yet. And so I need grace to wait. If you're that person that I came here for tonight, I want you to come to this altar. I want to pray for you tonight. I want to pray for you all over this place, wherever you are. It doesn't matter who you came here with. I want to pray for you. Grace to wait. Grace to wait for your appointed marriage. Grace to wait for that relationship. Grace to wait. Grace to wait. I just need grace to wait. I need grace to wait. Grace to wait. I need grace to wait. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.